It's your life. It's my life. How are we doing with living intentionally and proactively? Do we sense we're advancing toward a preferred future? This is Brian Del Turco with Jesus Smart, the podcast. JCL Felto is in the mix on this one. This is Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode number 50. The horizon we're questing after is that Jesus knows how this life works best now. And here's the mind-bending news. The future that Jesus will bring is already starting to show up in the present. This is the first in a short series called Achieve on cultivating gratitude and an abundance mindset and mixing it with goal setting as we move towards new seasons. Research is linking an attitude of gratitude with goal setting that hits the marks and moves us forward to a better future. On this episode, Josh and I discuss don't sweat the small stuff. Keep your eyes on the big stuff, your personal story, and how it dovetails with a bigger, beautiful story. We also discuss balancing that creative tension between fully living in the now moment, and yet leaning toward a preferred future. And there's a lot more. Let's get to the conversation. All right, listener, we want to welcome you to a new episode of Jesus Smart, the podcast. And we're at the beginning of 2019, and we're thinking about the new year that's coming maybe some new envisioning for our lives, our families, our work, our kingdom contribution that we make, maybe some good old-fashioned goal setting. But I also think that if you're listening to this four months down the line, or if you find it in the middle of summer, we'll actually talk about this tonight, that this is a topic that's relevant throughout the year. I'll show you how uh, with, with goal setting. And I'm excited to have Joshua Falto on this episode as a guest, and he's going to come into the mix here and juice it up through some good quality conversation. Josh Josh is a great thinker. He's a penetrating thinker. He's a creative. He's a writer, podcaster, a host of other things. He's an ideator, and who knows what's on the horizon. I know one of the things, Josh, one of the things, Josh, that's on the horizon is a new a new Falto coming into the world, right? A new that's, that's right. Or as you said, a Faltoid. A Faltoid. <laughs> yes, our little pre-conversation. So it's Joshua Falto, that French name. And so we're going to call him a new a new Faltoid. And I don't know, is, is the plural like Faltoid? Would that be the plural for that? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think so. It's either Faltoia or something maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. It'd be good. It's okay. okay. <laughs> All right. But they're coming, man. They're coming. And, and this that's is what right. we need. We need some, we need some good... Uh, some good kids that are coming into the world and being raised up by some great people. He has a great wife, a lovely wife, Ashley, and just a great family. So, um, man, welcome, Josh. I appreciate your friendship. It's growing, and we're involved on other edges, and mm-hmm. it's just really good to have you on this um, on this episode. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much, Brian, for bringing me back on, man. Yeah, and it's going to be, um, uh, Lord willing, and if the creek don't rise, as I used to have a friend say <laughs> from <laughs> Kentucky, um, we're looking at a four-part series here. There's some other contributors coming on in parts two, three, and four, and we're basically looking at this topic of reflecting perhaps on the past three or 12 months 
and then beginning to sort of re-envision and look to engage and recreate the next three months, the next 12 months of our lives, you know, at least placing ourselves in a, in a posture to do that. Uh, we're obviously on jesusmart.com, we're coming from a Christian worldview. We believe that mm-hmm. there's a big story at play, a grand narrative. We could call it the God story, maybe. We recently had an episode uh, where N.T. Wright, he wasn't on the show, of course, N.T. Wright, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> the most renowned New Testament scholar, they say, in the world at the moment. But uh, we were discussing his concept of God's story as a five-act play. It was very interesting just to see that narrative arc throughout the scriptures and into our time. And then our personal stories fit into the larger the larger story, sort of as a subplot. What do you think, uh, Josh, about that kind of a sort of a reference point or framework to think and pray and, and live from the grand narrative and then our personal narrative? Oh, I think that's, that's, that's great, Brian. I mean, as far as, uh, I mean, I'm a storyteller, uh, as uh, you kindly introduced me as such, so I appreciate that. And so storytelling, narrative, I mean, these are the areas that I, that I dive into deep and try to get a good handle on uh, for my own readers. And uh, I mean, the biblical narrative I mean, the, the main character of the story is is the Lord. I mean, it's it's God is the main character. And throughout the entire story, you have these little sub-stories of certain characters, uh, you know, male, female that come into play and, you know, they, they rise up, they do extraordinary things. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that as, uh, you know, as Christians, as we have the, you know, kind of the ability to play a, a role or be part of a chapter in, in that grander narrative, just as, you know, we see the examples being laid forth in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, uh, it's something from, you know, me being a storyteller, seeing it, uh, not only in my own writing, but just, you know, when you're reading the Bible or you're, you're reading old or new Testament, doesn't matter. There's a narrative there that, that really speaks to us and says, you know, Hey, you can be a part of this, you know, you could be a part of this as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely recognize that. And, uh, but from the outside looking in before the days of being a Christian, uh, it's very difficult to see that it's very difficult to, to try and envision yourself being part of that grander narrative. In fact, we almost have the opposite, uh, uh thinking space. I think we kind of think we're the center of the universe. The whole narrative is about us. Uh, but, uh, I think yeah. when we get to that, I think when we get to that next level of, seeing God as being the, the center of the, the story, uh, it changes things big time. Absolutely. And I, I think what N.T. Wright says is that, you know, before we're born again, sidebar here, sort of, by the way, the reason we need to be born again, I hope this isn't offensive to the, <laughs> the modern mind who may be listening, but is because we're born fundamentally wrong the first time, right? Mm-hmm. John chapter three, when Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again to see the kingdom and to re-enter the kingdom, something something has happened since the Garden of Eden, since the beginning in, in Genesis in the Old Testament, and of course that is the fall, the fall of humanity. So mm-hmm. Jesus has come to requalify us for the kingdom, as Jack Hayford would say, through the born again experience, and then we re-engage that narrative again. We re-engage the story, the the restorative story that God is pursuing, his dream. Josh, what do you think about, you know, we have, there's so much stimuli that's bombarding our senses, right? And just every day Mm -hmm. we're just bombed with inputs and distractions and other narratives that are coming at us from without. And we may be struggling with like self-talk or personal narratives or 
personal scripting on the inside of us that we carry from our personal history. Oh, yeah. This is all working against us from the inside and also externally. And it can be very easy to be like distracted from or disconnected from this grander narrative that we're that we're talking about, right? The the hardest thing I think, um, I guess, in just starting your day, uh, is getting lost in all the minutia of everything else that's coming after you. I mean, it's uh, you might wake up with a plan, you might wake up with a couple of goals, things you want to do for the day, and it's very easy to get derailed. I mean, it's you know you get stuck in traffic as I often do <laughs> when I'm on my way to work. Uh, or, uh, something doesn't go right as far as maybe a deal or a client or a customer, uh, okay. you know, and anything like that, uh, can feel like, uh, I think we kind of, you know, we expound upon, you know, small setbacks and we, we kind of make those part of other, uh, other goals that we have. And it's almost as if these become like chains that pull us back from, uh, or distractives even, yeah. you know, from kind of staying on, staying the course. Mm. So spills over uh, into other areas. Oh yeah, and you see that all the time. I mean, with uh, Christians or even non-Christians. I mean, people, uh, you know, are, what is the ver- what is our version of a bad day? You know, is is the version of a bad day something that really does go wrong, or is it just you know a few? You didn't get to you know maybe do all the things on your list, and you got maybe two or three things done. I mean, okay, is that is that really that bad? You know, is it is it not is it a horrible day? Or so there's a, there, so there's definitely a perspective mm. uh, that that has to change. Yeah. Uh, in terms of being able to see things uh, more of the glass half full, you know, than half empty, I think. And uh, I know that's it's kind of a common analogy, but it's it's so true, though. I really agree with that. So much of it is like a mental game or even an emotional game. And, you know, there's power in being in our peak state, you know, or being close mm-hmm. to our peak state, like optimal performance, if you will, like in a given day, even. Just, just, mm-hmm. just moving on personal issues or work mm-hmm. issues or, or, or just living a quality family life. And these things will come against us and get us off of our peak state if we let it. But, but mm-hmm. I like what you're saying. Many times these issues are just, they're not really worth us magnifying them to that point mm-hmm. where, where it does knock us off of a peak state. And you start stringing together days where you're not really hitting a good state and you live like weeks and months of that. And pretty soon a good chunk of the year could go by, you know, and you're really not moving like you want to move on all the issues of your life. You know, your marriage may, may not be quite growing like you want it to grow, your parenting, you know, mm-hmm. your your work, that project, mm-hmm. that that kingdom contribution that you make at the church or in ministry. Yeah, not, not to cut you off, Brian, but yeah, I, go just, ahead. You, yeah, you got me thinking a little bit about how there's such a draw, or I don't even think it's a draw really, but people live a lot of their life in hindsight. Uh, where you're basically going through some things, you know the routines already, you have your habits, you have things that you've established, and you can kind of put yourself on autopilot, whether it's, you know, doing your job, maybe it's taking, you know, making dinner, you know, for the family, or, you know, realizing you have to take your child to certain practices or things like that. And then after the events are over of going through, you know, the autopilot or the routine, you can kind of look back in hindsight and maybe say, okay, I was engaged at that moment. And I remember that moment and I see it instead of really forward thinking and looking forward to things and sort of grabbing hold of things before they get to you uh, and kind of bringing yourself towards them. uh, I think that's that's something I mean that I don't know if anybody does perfectly. Uh, I know myself I don't. 
but it's it's definitely a perspective that I've tried to really cultivate in recent years, uh, you know, just in my quiet time and things like that, to try and have more of a forward gaze okay. rather than kind of going backwards, right? Like looking backwards. You're right. I, th- I think that so much of the default response that we allow ourselves to be, you know, affected by circumstantially, maybe the inner scripts that, you know, that's running, all, all of these things will mitigate against us and work against us and, you know, seek to slow us down or stagnate us, right? Yeah. And we get like, instead of being on the balls of our feet, leaning forward, we we're on our heels, you know, back, you know, we're kind of leaning mm-hmm. back or looking back. There's a real creative tension, right, Josh, that we need, we need to like, enjoy mm-hmm. the moment, be present to the moment, be fully engaged with those in our lives in the moment, and yet also have this future orientation as well, where we're, we're, we're like leaning and expecting, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Somehow we have to get that, that healthy balance, it seems to me. When I, when I find myself either looking too far back, or I'm, I'm heading way too far forward, uh, you know, you lose that present tense of, of whatever it is that you should be enjoying or putting your mind to, or, you know, that discipline or whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, to, to hone for yourself, it just becomes that much harder. And, uh, again, like you were saying with all the stimuli that you face and you get every day, I mean, come on. I mean, we live in the digital age. I mean, you can't go anywhere without new messages flying in, telling you to go here, do that or, or whatever. There's such a desire for, I think your spirit to be centered you know, to your, for your, you know, for your soul to be centered on something. So, yeah, it's, it's a real, I mean, that I would call that living artfully and skillfully, you know, trying to really mm-hmm. cultivate that, that, that creative tension where we are in the moment with our significant others, our friendships, our work, our, that project, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, we're, we're engaged, but at the same time, we're leaning forward somehow in our, attitude in our perspective or get our, our gaze. I like that word you, that you use, you have a forward looking gaze, you know, maintaining that, that tension. I, you know, there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter five, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. The Amplified is a translation that, well, it, it amplifies the text. Okay. And it, it kind of like, <laughs> if you're reading in the new Testament, like the book of Ephesians, it'll, it'll bring out some of the shades of meaning from the, from the Greek words in the text. But It says, look carefully then, this is verse 15 in Ephesians 5, look carefully then how you walk, live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity for the days are evil. You know, the days are evil in the sense that this is my commentary now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, the days are evil in the sense Side that, note. yeah, <laughs> this is not a verse. Uh, the the days are evil in the sense that there is trouble, you know, there is friction, there is temptations and trials and things that, mm-hmm. that will seek to work against us. But we, we, we can redeem the time, as most translations say. And then mm-hmm. verse 17, therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is, mm. and, you know, firmly grasping it. You know, we have to be a little bit uh, intense if we're going to live our best lives under God, I think. We're going to have to firmly grasp things, move towards them, execute on them, become very um, resolved, have a high resolve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I heard um, I heard Jordan Peterson, you know, I've been following him a bit on YouTube, the Canadian... Um, 
what is he a psychologist? <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a he's a clinical psychologist. He's a I think he's a former professor from Toronto, the University yeah. of Toronto. Now okay. uh, he might still be there. I'm not sure. All right. But, well, he's hmm. he's he's just fascinating to listen to, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that he's a Christian or not. But man, there is some stuff coming through him that's really really rocking <laughs> a lot of people's lives and just uh, mm-hmm. tremendous falling. But he he talks about the difference between having low resolution and high resolution. Sometimes we're not, we're just not clear enough. We have, our, our resolution is too low, like, like what we're envisioning. It's too vague. Like, like, it, like it says in Ephesians here in the Amplified, we're, it's too fuzzy, you know, we need high def, if you will. We yep. need more accuracy, more vision and accuracy and resolution in terms of like resolve, even to use that, maybe that word play there. We need to have high resolution in terms of vision and of, of strength of will that we, we are going to grasp that thing and move towards it. And it's not easy when you have, again, if you're back on your heels, uh, like we've been talking about, and you're kind of, you know, always looking behind yourself, right? I mean, and, and, it's, and it's very difficult to break out of that. You know, I think it's 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 so easy to get into routines, right, Brian? I mean, it's just... Mm, yeah, it's kind of uh, deeply scripted, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a natural default, you know, for us as human beings to, you know, go the path of least resistance mm-hmm. uh, that is going to make it, you know, easier on ourselves. Um, but, the, but the strange thing is, we do still, at least, I mean, I, I know I feel this way, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a kind of a freak of nature in this way, but I always have this strong draw that says, well, you could, you could do this a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say faster is the right way, but maybe with a little more gumption, you know, you could move forward into this, you know, uh, you know, take, you know, take heed, you know, be a little courageous. You know, it's a, I always go back to my favorite verse of all time, you know, hearkening my own name, Joshua, Joshua one nine. Okay. Have I not, you know, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Uh, you know, I, so being I courageous, just, being committed to be courageous, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. some 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 great thinkers have said that courage is sort of maybe the most important virtue, it, it, or, or a more foundational virtue at least, in that it helps fuel the other virtues. You know, we have to mm-hmm. be courageous and um, we have to be fierce. Almost. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a trip into the unknown is really what it is. I mean, when you when you think of someone who does something courageously. They do it with a sense of unknowingness, but they mm-hmm. still have a knowingness behind their their movement. You know, there's an there's sort of a uh, casting aside fear. There's a, there's a casting out doubt. There's sort of this this uh, resolve, like we were talking about, where uh, I realize that I'm up against quite a bit, and to other people it might look foolish, but uh, you know I'm going to move forward uh, regardless. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, I, I I think what you said is absolutely true. Yeah, you know, you know, sometimes there's on certain issues or edges or horizons that we're pushing on, it has to move from belief to I know. We yep. we, we can say I believe this, I believe it's going to happen, or I believe that God wants this to happen in my life, or I believe this truth. But then rising to a higher level is I know, I know the Lord, I know what the Holy Spirit is saying. I know that with his power and strength and courage, I can move towards it and attain it. So, Josh, um, this might be personal, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, you know, it's healthy to reflect a little bit, look back and maybe pray and plan and look forward, perhaps even goal setting. Would you like to share a little bit of your own experience about that, like personal evaluation or 
I was in a conversation involved in a conversation mm-hmm. with you recently, and, and you were telling a few folks that yeah, you were looking back into 2018, and you had some hits and misses. You were sharing. Oh yeah, you were evaluating, <laughs> and then and then of course you're also now you're generally a forward oriented person, but perhaps mm-hmm. especially at this time of year, you're looking forward to some goal setting, some prayer, asking the Lord what He wants. I tend to be a pretty reflective guy as it is. Uh, that may just be part of the, you know, kind of the writer, the storyteller in me, uh, you know, wanting to kind of seeing the end of the story before I start it and, uh, you know, kind of looking back and seeing where I've been and what I've been doing. And, and I do take inventory, uh, pretty regularly, uh, which has always served me pretty well. Uh, I mean, it was by no means anything I did naturally when I was uh, very young or anything like that, but I always just kind of having a sense of, you know, am I making progress in the things that I've set my mind to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do I have goals? Yeah, sure. I th- uh, so um, there's a lot to attribute to that, though. But without going down the rabbit hole on that, I mean, just this past year, I was sharing a bit with, uh, I think, you and you know a few others. We were having a conversation about this. And, man, it's so easy to get stuck on all the misses, you know, because I got like my list of misses and I have my list of, you know, kind of a small victories in a way. Okay. And... uh and the list of misses, as I found, were not really like they weren't deterrent in a, in a sense that I'm, I'm not going to keep going after them. Uh, but looking at the things that I did achieve were enough to give me, again, some good energy to kind of go forward. I mean, for instance, keeping a podcast going for, you know, over a year, you know, I thought that to be a, a good, yeah. uh, you know, victory as far as, you know, being entrepreneurial Do in that sense. you know how many podcasts bail at episode seven? I mean, it's, it's pretty high. Yeah, I mean, they, I'm at, they can't I'm get at episode. Past seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I and I totally see that. I do, I do see a lot of that fizzling out, and there is something to be said, I think, for having some grit. the The big miss for me in 2018, though, which was a, which was just kind of a big hurt, was you know not launching my second book. And I had, I had made this timeline. I had I had all the you know the you know kind of eyes in the stars. I was gazing off at the horizon, seeing it was going to come, and and just it was like setback after setback and distraction and things like that and and that was that was pretty you know that was something that was uh, I don't want to say it was hurtful in a sense but it just it made me realize that there were certain things I wasn't being disciplined enough about or I wasn't spending enough time with to really make that happen and uh, it did give me pause it made me kind of reflect and go okay where did I miss the boat you know was there something that I wasn't doing that I should have been doing uh, in time, you know, just using time wisely or perhaps getting in funks and not doing something to get out of that funk, uh, you know, reading other work or or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Going back and reflecting on that was was very good. And, you know, now, obviously, with the new year, there's always that kind of recharge energy you get on January 2 or January 1, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So so as you reflected, did you did you journal on some of these issues? Yeah. In fact, that was a <clears throat> excuse me. That was a that was a big thing I did this year was journal. And I never really journaled consistently for a 12 month period until this past year. I'd say a year and a half. And wow, like the, the there really is something to be said for sitting down and taking a pen or a pencil and jotting your thoughts down. I mean, it's such an ancient art to yeah. sit with a pen and pad. It's old, but just, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, I think there there might be a statistic out there somewhere about how you retain information better by writing it down versus typing it. 
Sure, there is. Uh, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I, mean, I don't know what that quantity is. I n- need to memorize that, but there is research on this. Yeah, and and I, I mean, obviously, I do all my writing uh, for my book and short story and blogging and things like that on a on a you know keyboard or on my laptop. But as far as getting my thoughts clear and kind of sitting down to have some some just quiet time with the Lord. I mean, that was a big thing too, was making time in the morning mm-hmm. to do this kind of stuff. And, you know, it doesn't have to be every day either. I think journaling is, is something too. I, I learned this from a mutual friend of ours, Brent McLaughlin, who I consider to be the journaling guru. Okay. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but it should be something where it's like I have a space of time. I'm going to a lot for it and I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write it out. And I'm just going to see what comes what comes out, and then I can come back and see where there's themes that start to recur. And that's what I started to see in a lot of my journaling was I did see there were moments of frustration where I was getting distracted by work or there were family things going on. And not to say that these are like distractions that I shouldn't pay attention to, but there were things happening where my attention was pulled and I could go back and say, okay, that's what was happening. So I don't necessarily look forward looking to beat myself up about it, right? Because you don't want to just be beating yourself up over your goals. That's that's yeah, yeah that's that, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a bad state to be in and to try to mm-hmm. goal set from depression yeah. or discouragement. You know, absolutely. But I but I do I do believe in this, you know, again speaking personally, that is so many people's default setting. I think just from talking to people about their goals and it's like if they don't reach them very quickly, they just they go, okay, that wasn't for me. Obviously that wasn't my assignment. That wasn't what I was supposed to do. They move on to the next thing very quickly, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I just know with myself, uh, with certain things like this, like I'm very passionate about, like storytelling, uh, I know that it's something that I should give time to, uh, but I I need to be able to look back and reflect and say, okay, am I working out my habits, my disciplines, am I doing a job of this? And, you know, ultimately, you know, how is, how am I bringing the Lord through this too? And how is he leading me, uh, in this, in this venture? So mm. you can see the flow of that for sure. in in, in your journaling, I, I would say. Yeah, it truly is. A, it truly is a journey and a process. And we are being as people, just as a human being and, and, and as a creative or whatever we're pursuing, we're being transformed through the process, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you're writing a book, it's not simply just a transaction that's happening. You're executing on a transaction to write a book and you're looking, and it's healthy to look at those issues of like, am I being disciplined? Am I consistently writing? You know, uh, am I being smart about this? But we are also being transformed through the process. Are you familiar with, uh, I think his name is Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art? Oh, I've heard this reference quite a few times, but I've not read it. Okay. It's sort of a wordplay on the great ancient Chinese general, the art of war, you know, which mm-hmm. is used, uh, principles are used like in business and various areas, but he twi- he inverted it and said the the war of art. What he, what he talks about is basically that anytime you try to create something or move towards any new initiative, like a, a new goal, maybe it's a health and wellness goal. Or you want to take your marriage to the next level, or you want to take your grandparenting to a new space, right? Anything that's creative and new and beautiful, there will be something that shows up with a capital R, he calls it the resistance. And he's mm. he's not writing yeah. this from a biblical worldview or a Christian worldview, but he's just noticing that universally and consistently, this is something that happens 
whenever we try to enhance our lives or, or go to a new level, a new space in something. I have to say personally, for me as a Christ follower, when I read that, I see it through a lens of spirituality and mm-hmm. I and I see it that there are there is resistance from the adversary of our soul. Yep. He, he doesn't want anything good or beautiful or creative to come forth, you know, some some new thing. So there's resistance that we have to, you know, there's friction, static. We do have to have grit. We have to have strength of will and we have to evaluate like you're talking about, I think, you know, mm-hmm. how am I doing on, on my disciplines? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I, I love John Eldridge has a, um, he has a really good um, series of books kind of on just the power of, of the resistance against your prayer life about how you, even when you just want to sit down and pray or you want to have maybe quiet time with a spouse or perhaps you're needing to, to take care of that one thing, right? Yep, and yep. You, you know you have to be doing it and yet something happens, you know, the, uh, something in your house clogs or something goes, something goes awry, there's a distraction, <laughs> you know, there's a... Yeah. You know, there's, something there's clogs, a distra- what, a, what a picture, yeah. a metaphor of just, it's, it's, it's applicable in so many areas, but, you know, if you want to take that toilet clogs, whatever, I mean, it's just, okay... <laughs> I think it was. I think it was the perfect metaphor, Brian. That's why I said it. It is, man. And he just. I, and I know he's talked about it on his podcast a lot too. About it's. It's. It's as if when you just really feel like this is something I need to pay attention to now, and I need to. I can't keep putting this off. I should be giving my time to it, and then immediately the resistance comes in. You know, something is there to distract you, and yeah, I mean, you could you could make all kinds of arguments about superstitions and things like that, but I think it's so true. That when we want to get to the next level in terms of, you know, our walk, uh, again, coming from, you know, a Christian worldview, uh, there's going to be a resistance there that's going to say, no, 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 you don't, you're not supposed to go this way. You know, this is this is not the right path. And in a strange way, it's almost like a bit of affirmation that this is the direction I should be going in. Just wanted to pull away from our conversation for a moment. We'll get right back to it. You know, my friend, sometimes I'll go through a stretch where my life feels more like low resolution than high resolution. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever feel that way? I do have a strong conviction that a high value with our creator is clarity. As we get back to the conversation, we'll explore the vital importance of prayer, planning, and then performance, and much more. Friend, don't forget to check out Joshua's website at jclfalto.com. That's J-C-L-F-A-L-T-O-T dot com. He also has a great podcast called The Writer's Lens. iTunes and other listening options really encourage you to explore that podcast. If you go to the show notes page for this episode at JesusSmart.com, there's an opportunity there to sign up for a free weekly e-newsletter. It's really a personal letter from me, not so much a newsletter. The letter seeks to explore next-level ideas for Christ-following and practice in becoming uh, really an apprentice of Jesus, an apprentice of the kingdom. Now let's get back to the dialogue with Joshua Falto. I would love to think of it uh, as a fireplace chat, you know, a pipe, but uh, there's no fireplace here, there's no pipe, it's a fantasy. And I think we need to look at it as as an opportunity to increase endurance and strength, you know, strength of will. And, and, you know, did you ever see those, um, I mean, American football, um, 
you'll see a running back training and they'll put like a it's it's, it's like a giant rubber band <laughs> that's uh, you know around <laughs> yep. their waist and it's anchored to some wall or something he's running and pulling on that rubber band and it's obviously pulling him back it's trying to it's mm-hmm. a lot of resistance but what he's doing is he's strengthening himself to break through arm tackles and bust through that defensive line you know if you're a football fan to break through it's like a breaker yep. a breaker strength you know a breakthrough strength we can welcome it in that sense see it positively like that don't give into it right i mean if if you give into it and back off then you've sort of failed the exercise if you will you failed the training if you do give into that resistance that's pulling on you and you're still trudging away if you immediately give up what happens i mean the band goes back to regular shape it pulls you backward so you're saying that we should go ahead and look and reflect and even look at areas where we didn't hit markers we were trying to hit let's say in a given period of time but not to become depressed by that mm-hmm. not to give up not to th- necessarily throw things off your board, if you will, unless the Lord and the Holy Spirit is is telling, well, that's really something I, I really didn't have for you, and I, and I have something else for you in this space, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that could happen, I suppose, but I think many times people are giving up and backing off of things, not because of that, not because it's a, a direction from the Lord. They are moving on something that's authentic, some desire or instinct or lead that they have on the inside of them, and they're just encountering good old-fashioned resistance, and we just need to remain consistent and break through, break through on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. What about prayer, Josh? How important is prayer in this whole process of like reflecting and and, and then planning? Well, it's it's something that I was never really good at growing up, Um, you know, just a little bit of personal uh, story here. I mean, I, I really came into the Lord in my later twenties, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now. And a lot of my early life was not, I mean, I did pray, but it wasn't a prayer of, you know, uh, preparation. It was more a hail Mary, you know, like bail me out of this. <laughs> it was a <laughs> remedial prayer, remedial prayer, which, which can, <laughs> right, which can or... be helpful in a crisis, but you know, yeah. <laughs> if it's all remedial prayer, it's not so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, or it was centered around guilt or, uh, feeling like I, I didn't measure up, you know, I didn't do something properly. And, uh, whether it was my own moral compass or, you know, I felt like I'd let someone down or just done something that was not right. And so it was like a prayer of forgiveness. And the strange thing about it is, you know, just thinking about goal setting and moving forward against resistance is that even coming to the Lord in my in my 20s and then recognizing that prayer should be a focal point of my life, not this Hail Mary situation, that took a that still takes time to cultivate. I mean, it's not a it's not something you just turn the switch on and now all of a sudden you're a prayer warrior, right? I mean, you just it is something that you It's you an exercise that. in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that stretches your spiritual muscles. Sure does. As you grow and uh you know it's it's throughout scripture and this is true too and this is something I've I've meditated on even in my journals is like listening for that still voice. You know, that still small voice. I mean my mm. my wife and I have that psalm up on our up on our wall uh, that she made this uh, really cool craft. Um well, I'll give a quick pitch for my wife. She makes really cool crafts. Okay. okay. <laughs> but uh but she did a uh, she did like a little and it's not it's just a kind of almost like a uh, like a board or or something that she put up that has a verse which is one of my favorites from I think it's Psalm forty six ten which is be still and know that I am God mm, yeah 
and there's a there's such a stillness that we have to be able to to train ourselves in. Yeah, so that's a spiritual discipline in and of itself, like times of prayer. And we say mm-hmm. discipline. I mean, you know, the word a disciple of Christ, it means to be a pupil or a learner, a follower of Christ. But our English word disciple, of course, has that meaning of discipline. Let's not see the concept of discipline as negative or like certainly not like a works righteousness, like a performance mindset with God. I have to I have to spend this amount of time in prayer on a weekly basis or else God's not smiling at me or something, you know. But yeah. sort of an ease of discipline. I think of like, um, well, you know, kind of a big example, LeBron James, okay, probably the foremost NBA star today in the National Basketball Association in, in America. Well, if you know anything about his regimen or his training, it's it's out of this world. He's on another planet. The technique, oh, yeah. the amount of time, the investment of like coaches and equipment and, you know, high tech things that are in his life to help him with his training. But yet when he's on the court and he gets in a flow state, there's an ease to it. There's a and, and this is like us and the Lord, I think we need we it, it needs to come from a place of rest. Our victories need to come from this place of like flow. And uh, what they say about flow state, whether it's an artist or an athlete or, you know, a a business executives in a flow state, maybe, or whatever context or or situation, it's like they're almost out of their mind, meaning (laughs) they're they're not even acutely (laughs) conscious of themselves. There's an ease to it, and they're just optimally performing at this level, but that comes from training and discipline. There, you know, there's a backdrop there of discipline that put them in that position where they could flow. You know, I know Josh. I, you know, sometimes prayer is like a, a little bit of work. You yeah, know? Oh, it's totally, it's totally work because I, mean, I don't feel like it, doing it all yeah. the time. To be <laughs> honest with you, I mean, there are times where it's better, and I, and I get into a flow state in prayer, but not always. It's pro- probably not even most of the time, actually. But I'm grateful for prayer, and I'm grateful for answers to prayer. You know, prayer changes things, no matter what we what we feel like. When we get into, again, I don't want to use the word habit because I think there's a lot of static around that word. We get into these disciplines of, okay, I'm going to make time in the morning, you know, that I'm going to pray. I'm going to maybe, you know, just kind of say, Lord, you know, is, is that you? You know, is, is that you speaking right now? I'm just going to say, uh, you know, Father, I invite you in uh, to this moment, you know, just to kind of speak to me, uh, you know, just, you know, put something into my mind or, you know, maybe a thought, an image or something that, uh, you know, I can't do on my own. And if it's something you're trying to speak to me on, then I want to hear it. Uh, so just the acknowledgement, you know, the recognition, these are all, you know, muscles we have to start using. Yeah, absolutely. And and be encouraged, friend, that that prayer is cumulative, whether you feel like it or not, whether on a mm-hmm. given prayer time, you actually feel like it's registering. You know, sometimes when you pray, you feel like it's sort of registering in the heavens, you feel better about it, you know, like <laughs> I felt that one connect, you know, you feel like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe more times than not, you don't necessarily feel that way. But just know that every prayer is being heard and every prayer is being added to. It is cumulative in nature mm-hmm. and it reaches a mass and it's almost like compound interest. It's um there's almost like, you know, compounding effect uh in, in a lot of things in life, including prayer. And then, Mm -hmm. boom, for whatever reason, something is released and something breaks through and 
you know, the chess pieces get aligned and circumstances, you know, snap to alignment and something just like accelerates dramatically. And you think, wow, that was an overnight success. No, it wasn't. Behind that was a lot of resolve and consistency and prayer, practically doing things. So what do you think about this kingdom uh, calculus I got here, Josh? Okay, uh, something like this, like, go ahead and reflect and then pray. Prayer plus planning equals performance. That's good. I mean, that's it's kind of the thing that I've been trying to work on. I think 2018, first part of my day is trying to start my day in, in some silence, you know, in prayer, uh, journaling sometimes, not every day. And then walking in that throughout the day. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing to do, but I really think you have to start at the beginning of your day. I mean, I just, I've heard enough experts perhaps speak on this now. Uh, that, yeah, it, right? The first, yeah, first part of the yeah. day like that. All you know, the first time. part yeah. of the day, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, waking up with kind of this hunger. And, it, and it's funny, too, because I remember my best friend that I've known since I was nine, and he was a believer, I think, since we were about 13 or 14, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, he, he was born again, saved, uh, in his early teens and really just worked over me for many years, you know, inviting me to church, wanting me to be around, you know, church functions, things like that. And here was a guy who had such a stillness about him into his twenties when I think it was, it was just so confusing for me, uh, being away from the Lord. But for him, there was such a stillness that kind of emanated from him that made me curious all the time. And granted, he's a very disciplined guy, but uh, I was always very curious about that. Like, you know, how, you know, how do you, you know, how are you cultivating these things and, you know, prayer and, and planning? You know, I think I, it just kind of hit me now when you asked that question that he kind of, kind of is almost like a living testament to that, seeing that in action, you know, for many, many years of just cultivating that and, and just being very, uh, I guess, ruthless, as we had said, about his time that he gives to the Lord, you know, and not, not taking it for granted, right? Not taking it for granted, because if you want the performance that you have to have the preparation, you know, you just have to have the preparation there. Yeah. The performance in the harvest, you know, the fruitfulness is so enjoyable and it tends to be even public, but the prayer and the planning are more private. And, you know, Jesus did say, look, when you pray, go into your prayer closet and shut the door. Don't make a big public deal about your prayer. Do mm-hmm. it in private, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you, you know? Mm. The reward comes with, like, as desire realized or fruitfulness that's made public for the glory of the Father. You know, I was reading just recently in my own reading time that Jesus said, you know, let your light shine. Be intentional about this. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Not not praise you. It's not for your glory. It's for the glory of the Father. You're going to enjoy the process, to be sure. But what we're after here, what is a recognition of God, the glory of God, the story of God. Michael Hyatt says in one of his books, Your Best Year Ever, it may be his most recent, I'm not sure. He talks about three things, Josh, and, and you're making me think of it as you as you talk about your own experience, and I'm and I'm resonating with what you're saying. Number one, start mm-hmm. your day in prayer. Number two, practice gratitude throughout the day. And I'm not exactly sure how that could look, but maybe just being intentional about, oh, I'm grateful for that right there, you know? 
or th- th- you know thinking about your spouse i'm i'm grateful for him i'm grateful for her and and then number 3 writing in a gratitude journal he's a big time ex- exponent of that the power of writing in a gratitude journal hmm. and, and and you've already touched on that but so start your day in prayer number 2 practice gratitude throughout the day and then number 3 write in a gratitude journal how can we mix gratitude now with our prayer and with our goal setting for the new year, uh, Josh, there's been some research that's been done, and I and I really got this from a chapter in Michael Hyatt's book where he focuses on this topic of gratitude. This is not like Christian research per se, you know. It's not. It's just garden variety research. It's really just like general secular research. But what they're finding out is that there is a connection, a clear connection between gratitude and achieving goals. And so like when it's time to reflect and then plan and and set new goals, we can't afford to come from like a scarcity mindset or an ungrateful mindset, um, which is really a sort of a losing mindset already. We need to come from an abundance mindset, a grateful mindset. This is what the research is saying. Establish those goals and then begin to move on those goals with a smart plan maintaining an attitude of gratitude and that the the markers go up the achievement results go up when those elements are in place i just i just find that fascinating i mean it's 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 really good i mean you got me thinking about how i mean it's like power of positivity you know having a bit of a more positive outlook on the things that have come your way um but it's it's obviously way deeper than that too as far as you know, if you if you believe you're entitled and deserving of something, you're probably not going to get it, or, or even in the way that you envision it, right? I mean, if you if you really believe that you're entitled to it, you you're probably going to spend more time waiting for it to come to you, versus having this sort of abundant mindset like you were talking about, and having the goal in front of you and thinking, well, this is all that's left. You know, I just have to go get this now. Right. I'm not going to wait for it to come to me necessarily because the, you know, the, like you said, the depressed or the entitled mindset is, well, it's going to come to me eventually. So I just have to wait. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm a little bit bitter about it. Right. (laughs) You do become bitter and you become selfish and you become, you know, this selfish little clods, so to speak, that thinks (laughs) that they're entitled to it, that it's going to come to you. And, And this is what the research said as well. You would think that gratitude would make us complacent, like, oh, I'm grateful for, everything that I have and and not make us hungry for more, but it's actually the opposite. This is what the research is finding out, that when you're grateful and abundant in your thinking, you actually have faith and belief and the ability to to move on more. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And, you know, from a biblical worldview, God does want us to be fruitful and multiply and exercise dominion and increase in life. You know, like if you say my marriage is good, well... Thank God for it. Be grateful and enjoy yeah. the moment and, and all of that to, taken together. But don't don't get lazy. Don't get back on your you know on your laurels about it. Keep leaning into it. Keep growing in that marriage and apply that to every everything in life. Every every relationship. Every role. You know we need to have like a growth bias, like a growth culture, like a mm-hmm. personal culture, a corporate culture, a team culture, a family culture. Everything church culture, it needs to have a a bias towards growth. I think that if we don't, what do you think about this, Josh? That if we don't have a growth Mm -hmm. bias, eventually time and chance catches up with us 
and we actually will start going. Oh south. yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I would definitely say that that's true because, uh, you, you just, I mean, just <laughs> you, any day of your of your week where you're just kind of floating through it and you don't, you're not really setting any goal in it. I mean, what happens? I mean, things happen to you that you didn't expect or you don't like, right? <laughs> those are those are the things that end up happening, uh, when you're not being more forward thinking in uh, whatever it is that uh, maybe you had set your mind to before and you got lax in or you just said, okay, whatever, you know, if this comes to me, it comes to me, then so be it. But, uh, but no, uh, things will come your way. Uh, so be it. <laughs> and it may not be things that you like, you know, and it will set you yeah. even further back. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think that we, we either grow or we go South it, mm-hmm. it, given enough time. That seems to be what what happens, and um, I bet the research uh, there's probably research on that on growth and on increase and in, in, in all areas of life. I bet the research bears bears that out. Um, uh, Michael Hyatt talks about that we have agency, you know, and I and I I kind of knew what he meant when we have agency to do something, you know, but I did look it up, and it it means we have power to act and to affect change, mm-hmm. you know, and as a Christian. As a Christ follower, you know, the New Testament says that we are now ambassadors of God. We are like representatives of his His domain, his sovereignty, his, his provision, all of it. We have a heightened, a heightened sense of agency, the ability to, to move. We, we should be out growing the natural somehow. I, I just believe that. You know, I can't allow my personal current level or experience to shape what is true. I, mm-hmm. I, I have to somehow allow truth to shape my experience. You know, I have to be yeah. transformed. That's great, Brian. I mean, you, you got my mind going again. I, I, I gotta, I gotta jump in real quick. Cause I was thinking, Go ahead. yeah, we, yeah, we, we also have to be careful how we define what growth is because if we kind of say, well, growth to me is, uh, in terms of goals, like growth is bigger house or growth is the nicer car or the the better job that pays better, right? Like growth can be a lot of different things. Growth can be sure can. just, you know, can be an unwavering faith through a storm that maybe five years ago you would have been just destroyed by, right? Yeah. Like just, just something would have come yeah. your way that would have just totally obliterated you. But, but now that you have reached this kind of new level, you've reached this new kind of awareness with the Lord or perhaps in your, your walk or whatever it may be. And, and now you're able to weather it in such a sense that maybe other people around you will witness that and they'll go, well, what, how did he or she just get through that? I don't even know. You know, there's like a curiosity now that comes from the way that we live our lives. And, you know, that's, that's a big witness as well. Oh, it is. It's a powerful witness. And, you know, we, yeah, we, we often think that we have to be speaking to people all the time. The truth is we are speaking to them all the time. It's just not with words all the time. You know, our marriages are speaking to people, the way that people see our parenting, you know, the way they see how we work, you know, uh, what we do, mm-hmm. how we carry ourselves, you know, how we walk down the street, you know, I mean, we are speaking to people and really the true riches in life, the Bible teaches this are, is beyond money. But, but this idea that we do have agency, we do have power to act and to affect positive change. 
especially under God, it, it goes to a, a new level. And what the, what the secular research is saying, and it certainly mirrors what the Bible says, an abundant mindset and gratitude positions us to be blessable. I heard somebody say this recently, not, <laughs> not, not that whole phrase, but they use the word blessable. He just simply said, this is a great leader, a great teacher, but he simply said, if you want to be blessed, be blessable. Hmm. Well, listen, we're blessable because of Jesus. You know, we're, it's like we have the favor of Jesus on us as we are in Christ, as we're a Christ follower. And, you know, we're saved by faith, by grace alone. In that sense, that's the foundation of our blessableness, if that's a word. But there are <laughs> also, yeah, there are also like, if you're a Christian and you're just talking down all the time and just downing yourself and downing everybody and your words are wrong, Mm. that in itself is going to start mitigating against your blessableness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. our, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Or if let's say we mm. have unforgiveness in our heart towards somebody, you know, mm-hmm. somebody legitimately did us wrong. But Jesus yeah. said, look, you got to get that out of your heart if you want your prayers to be answered. He said that. Yeah, that's good. I think C.S. Lewis wrote about that in several of his short stories about, you know, just uh, using examples of, I think it might have been in the screw tape letters, actually, where uh, there was an example of a man that had spent 30 years of his, uh, he was appealing in some way to an angel. And he was saying, you know, I was always nice to my neighbor, the guy who lived next to me, you know, I, I never troubled him, I never did anything to him that was wrong. You know, I never talked down to him, et cetera, or anything like that. And I think the angel in the story tells him, yeah, but you spent 30 years uh, building up a hard heart that never wanted to serve him, Mm. you know, never, never went over there to talk to him, you know, never invited him over, you know, was never of a gentle nature towards him. You basically were apathetic, which Uh, is even worse. Yeah, that's, that's a little, just a little convicting there, Josh. Yeah. As I think about my street, um, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> you but, and me both brother, but, anyway. but, but, you know, truly, truly Jesus did place a high value on being a good neighbor. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Bible actually says that about being a neighbor, being neighborly, not mm-hmm. despising your neighbor. The Bible says you'll be cursed if you despise your neighbor. These are just all like Christian outworkings that, that, that really help us to be blessable, to be positioned, mm-hmm. to be blessed we're saying reflect, right? Take inventory, mm-hmm. do an audit. It's okay to do an audit. I think we should not only do them. I don't practice this, but I want to. I want to take a 90-day approach. I want to look at a year, yes, 12 months, but I also want to look at quarters. I want to take like mm-hmm. a seasonal approach, like maybe winter, spring, summer, fall kind of thing. And, you know, break it down. And there's even some some good stuff. We didn't, we didn't really get to talk about this. Maybe we can moving forward, but it's called the 90-day year take an approach to your year, which is 90 days. I just don't want to visit these, these themes once a year, you know, at the end of mm-hmm. December and beginning of January. Right, right. And I, I, I want to be more consistent with like developing a rhythm and cadence to my life that this stuff sort of breathes throughout the year. I want this oxygen to blow on, on the fire throughout the year. I need it to. The big surprise is, you know, we will eventually, you know, meet the Lord face to face one day. Okay. That's just reality. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so in your story, you know, where do you want it to become epic, right? Like, where do you want this thing to, mm, good, good to question. Really, you know, really feel like there's an impact that you are making in the larger narrative? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Paul said, you know, walk worthy of your calling, right? I I just heard that verse when you said, where do you want to be epic? You know, for the glory and the story of Jesus. I mean, walk worthy of your calling. We each have a unique calling and we're also called to walk with others and to be in companies of believers and to be engrafted into an assembly, a church, right? And, and, um, but and and we we you know we do things as individuals we do things collectively and we just trust God that it's all fitting into the greater piece of work that he's doing it is and somehow the lord is working in us and around us and <laughs> over us and <laughs> under us and through our mess he, he, he continues to work and no. um but the, but there is this verse in Philippians 4 Josh that sort of got sparked i guess when you were talking about you know mixing gratitude with prayer not just always you know, help me in sending up an SOS all the time. But, you know, Philippians 4, it's a, again, this is the Amplified today, but do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, there's the key phrase for us today, with thanksgiving, continue to make your words or your wants known to God. So really, Josh, just as we are to blend, the research is saying blend gratitude with goal setting and envisioning, mm-hmm. a little bit upstream from that, we, we, we need to blend gratitude with our prayer, you know, our prayer womb, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it, it really comes from that place, the planning and the eventual fruitful execution, I think we have to say. Wow, Josh, I've enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Every time I talk with you and people like you, it gets very sparks start flying and flow, hmm. flow states start showing up. It's hard to limit yourself to a time period. I feel that, Brian. I feel that too, brother. <laughs> I mean, technically with podcasting, I mean, we could make a three-hour podcast. We we could do that. There's no limit. I don't know if people would listen to it, but... All right. we, <laughs> I mean, I, I would go back and make sure I sounded okay, so I would listen. <laughs> so, that would be, yes. that would be you, good. me, and our moms would listen to the three-hour right. podcast, yeah. That's right. I'm trying That's to exactly. get my mom to listen to my podcast, and it hasn't really started yet. Not that she doesn't want to, it's just that right. she, it's the whole technical issue, and so... I've got a I've got a little digital setup over there for her. I'm going to start feeding her the podcast. <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, it's funny. I, I I think Ashley, my wife, has listened to probably maybe two two or three of my episodes, and it's funny because she jokes with me. She goes, "I already listened to you talk so much as it is. Why would I want to use my free Why time for that?" I think that's the way my wife feels. I'm constantly <laughs> on some box standing up saying something around the house here. So. Why on earth would she want to be a regular listener? And that, that, exactly. Okay, I'm, I'm glad it's not just my my wife, okay, <laughs> who's not a uh, faithful devotee of, of the podcast. Wow. I, I think we found the reason why, because we're constantly blabbing at home, right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's exactly it. It's a it's <laughs> blessing and a curse. Thanks for sharing that, man. You, you, you've taken a burden off my mind about that. I was, I was kind of concerned about that. Wow. Good. You can remove you can remove that from your 2019 goals to make your wife a faithful listener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Penny, I've got I have got listeners that are that are way more faithful than you are to this podcast. They're <laughs> they're killing it, but I can't get you to okay. All right, Josh. I appreciate you. And you know, make this commitment if you're listening to this, if this has resonance with you to go ahead and get serious about some things and and pray and plan and don't let it drop by Valentine's Day, right? Exactly. Resolutions and goals and everything. 
I mean, resolve that I'm going to take a, maybe a quarterly approach, maybe at the end of March, you know, like by St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to do an audit. Maybe just think that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Middle of March or so, I'm going to do an audit and I'm going to, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick it up again. Right. <laughs> yep. You know, I actually call those creative checkpoints. Ah, yeah. maybe we should tie check. them to holidays like that, like St. Patrick's, maybe Independence mm-hmm. Day, July. Yep. You know, yep. I maybe, mean, it's maybe, a, maybe Labor Day, early September. And then, um, and then Christmas and New Year's is here again. Yeah, I think I think pretty much every every month has at least one holiday in it. Correct. As yeah. far as uh, yeah. I'm not sure for every every national holiday. I mean, there's I mean, a national holiday almost every month. Exactly. I think just, except for August. You've just helped me there. I mean, roughly on a quarterly basis, it it could conceivably be St. Patrick's, and St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's has become a big holiday for us here. It's weird in, in our family. I don't know how. Huh. We're, we're not sure how it happened. We're not Irish. But I mean, Penny makes this big Irish meal, and it's crazy. The kids love it. But so maybe St. Patrick's, maybe Independence Day, maybe Labor Day, and then uh, we'll be looking at the holidays again. All right, man. Okay, Josh, I appreciate you. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again. God Brian, bless for you, me on. and we'll uh, we'll kick up some dust again soon. I'm sure. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll see you, listener. Bye bye. My friend, I'm challenged to live skillfully and artfully. I bet many of you are too. It's important to take time for reflection, for journaling, tapping the power of personal discipline, meditation, and prayer, and all the fruit that that can bring to our lives, and then lean forward courageously into a preferred future. Father, I just pray for those who want this too. Father God, I ask ask that you would lead and empower my friends to this end. And I pray it for myself. Amen. This is episode one in a four-part series called Achieve. And we have three more guests coming in, episodes two, three, and four. I know you're going to benefit from it. There's going to be great takeaways and outcomes. And I encourage you to stay with the series and let others know about it too. Thank you, friend, for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and other major podcast apps. It's also on Spotify and YouTube. And I have a feeling it's going to be on another option or two as well coming up. It helps others to discover the content, to see if it's a good fit for them, and it keeps you connected. Would you consider grabbing a screenshot of this episode and tagging it, sending it out to those on your social media channels and let them know about this specific episode, this specific topic? Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave thoughts and questions there. You can reach out through a contact page. And usually there are additional resources to dive deeper with this theme for a given episode. And you'll find that today on the show notes page for episode number 50. Plus, you can sign up to receive that free weekly email I'm talking about, next level ideas and practice to move us further, to help us to advance as Christ followers in his kingdom. As always with Jesus, our horizon is bright. It's high resolution. Make it a smart week. All the best until next time. 